Hello everyone and welcome to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode 19. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It's in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and three where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see Christ and to see that he is living and working in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Well, in a few days, we'll be celebrating Christmas. So I think it noteworthy and appropriate that we talk about the birth and the message of Christ at Christmas. From the book of Luke chapter one, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. You know, during the holidays, it's easy to lose our focus. And that's why it's important to remember what Christmas is all, all about. Over the past few weeks, I heard a message priest preached about Christmas and relating to Christmas. That first word I hear, heard was a question, are you ready for Christmas? And we hear people asking us that all the time when we get closer and closer to that day of celebration. And then I heard a word that said, what do you want for Christmas? And this wasn't about the necessarily the uh, tangible gifts that we receive, but another tangible gift. It wasn't about um, things, but it was about relationships and when you really understand Christmas, then what happens is your relationship changes with what's important and what's not. And then I heard a message that said, how far are you willing to travel for Christmas? And obviously that, uh, for those of you who know the story, it's about the Magi. They were willing to go far in search. When they heard that the Christ child was born, they went looking for him, the King of the Jews. 
So I want to really, in this podcast, focus on what your focus is after Christmas. Not just on Christmas Day, but when Christmas and all the packaging is thrown away and the foods have been consumed or thrown or given away and now it's back to life, back to reality. Well, I want to give you a different perspective because Christmas never has to end. So in approximately uh, seven, maybe a week from now, we will, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we'll be officially celebrating Christmas Day. I'll ask that same question again that I asked a few seconds ago. Are you ready? Now is the time when streets are busy. Thoughtlessness abounds as folks who waited too late to shop are hurried or distracted trying to get all of their shopping complete. I know for a fact, as I uh, was driving the other day and I, and everyone was almost on top of each other, there was no clear distance and the car in front of me just really backed into the car in front of it and they had to pull over. So that thoughtlessness abounds during this time of year. I love Christmas, but there's something about it that is slightly distressing and it has to do with focus. Why do I say this? Well, I often hear of people who after Christmas, after all of the festivities have ceased and things begin to die down, specifically that period after New Year's Day, there seems to be a rise in anxiety and depression. Mental health suffers and mental health takes a whack at those who put so much energy into Christmas or the expectations that the world has placed on Christmas that it begins to take a toll on them. Have you ever wondered why people get sad when Christmas ends? I do, and as I think about it, I believe the Bible answered that, answers this question. When you have certain expectations at Christmas and those expectations aren't realized, you feel let down. Despair sets in and you can't seem to shake that feeling and you don't quite understand why you're feeling that way. But I want to tell you that the same excitement, that same joy, the same hope, the same wonder, the same expectation you had before Christmas can be held on to after Christmas and in the months and years to come. And I'm not talking about what I think. I'm talking about what I know. For it is the word of God that can help you with that proverbial downward spiral. And it's all about keeping and maintaining your focus. People lose their focus for a number of reasons. One of the reasons people lose their focus is because of a lack of understanding. Notice I started this particular podcast by saying we officially celebrate Christmas in a few days. The reason I said officially is because you don't have to wait until Christmas to celebrate. You can experience Christmas every day if you really and truly understand what it means. This may not or should not, I say, uh, be news to you that Christmas is about the birth of Christ and the precious gift of our Savior. However, in celebrating his birth, we must also realize that we are acknowledging his mission. His life was going to pay for our debt, our sin debt. Our life, was, our life was going to cost him his life. Think about it. Jesus was born to die. And that's a sobering feeling. Knowing someone you love is not going to live very long. And if that wasn't enough, he did not come as one thought, the king who would take over. Instead, Jesus was coming as a servant, a suffering servant. But if you stay there with that thought, it doesn't seem worthy of celebration. It would easily cause symptoms of depression and have give you feelings of hopelessness. But you have to look beyond that one day of his birth and see the day of his death, not as an end, but the beginning of reconciliation and giving us the best gift of all. Jesus, his life, 
his story changes everything. God and his love and infinite wisdom, he didn't want the separation that sin caused us to keep us from him. So he put in place someone who would mend the broken relationship, his son. God shows us and is teaching us that even when we've done wrong, it doesn't mean you have to stop loving. God found a way that would bridge the gap, that would bridge the separation gap that sin caused. His plan was going to involve a number of people, and that plan was strategically created, and those who were involved would bear witness to what God was doing. God uses other people to carry out his plan. Remember, I said, don't lose your focus at Christmas. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily look the way you think it should look, but it's a good plan. God's plan is going to be carried out despite what others or what people try to, to do to thwart those plans. God took a seemingly impossible situation to carry out his plan. Such an occurrence lets you know that God is the God of the impossible and that he speaks to ordinary people. Mary wasn't anyone special, but she had found favor with God. So God's plan now involves two other people named Zachariah and Elizabeth. Listen to what Elizabeth said after recognizing that she had become pregnant. She said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. He did it for her. But it was for him and it was for us. Elizabeth saw this as being done for her, but in actuality, God was doing it for himself. It is and was God's plan. It takes those that phrase, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price, takes that, that, that word to a whole new meaning. And consider this, Elizabeth did not know the horrible death her son was going to suffer, but God did. Mary was told that she was highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, favor is not the first thing someone thinks about when faced with an impossible situation, at least in human eyes. And think of the potential ridicule that she would be facing in society. It could, might, reasonably so, promote fear, fear of how it appears, of what people will say, how she'll be viewed. And yet she's told, don't be afraid. You found favor. Why did she need to hear that? Mary may have been highly favored by God but she was also living in a real world with real people who did not nor were they privy to the angel visitation that she experienced. It was going to take tremendous faith on Mary's part and reassurance to get through that situation. Full-term pregnancies are at least nine months long. And while she may be, have been able to hide it for three or four months in time, it began, it would begin to show and miles would begin to wag. Let's keep it real. We know that people just, like to talk about other people and usually will tap into their distress. It wasn't until Mary was told not to be afraid that the angel tells her the rest of God's plan. He said, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Church, people, God-fearing folks, all of us, sometimes the things God reveals to us can promote fear, but God sends reassurance, and I'll tell you how he sends it. He sends reassurance through his word. He can send it through others, godly people, to carry out his plan. After Mary was told not to be afraid, she's good, right? Mm, maybe. Okay, 
She should be okay with this now, right? Well, not so fast. Now, Mary is questioning what she knows can't be possible in the natural. That's what we do. We limit God by only seeing with our physical eyes or what our minds can comprehend. God wants you to use your spiritual eye to see and understand his plan. Here's what Mary says. How will this be? I am a virgin. Instead of denying what she was being told, Mary knew to ask the questions. And that in itself says she understands the limitations of man, but she asked the questions of the possibility of God. It's okay to ask the questions. It's okay to ask God the questions. If he's given you an impossible task, ask him how, when, where, why. Don't make the mistake when God shows you something and you take it upon yourself to figure out what he's doing and you go about trying to help him out. God doesn't need your help. Mary asked and she got her answer and she was satisfied with it. Remember, the angel told her how the baby would be conceived. He even told her about her cousin Elizabeth. Mary was satisfied with the answer, and so her next response was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And the angel left. Remember when the angel first appeared to her? The Bible says she was afraid, but she didn't run away. You know, they say fear can promote two, two feelings of fight or flight response. Mary's response to God's plan, and one we too should have, and that is surrender. Mary didn't fight, and she didn't run she surrendered. She took the time to understand. She took the time to listen. She took the time to ask God questions, but it was going to take one important thing to walk this thing out for nine months, and that was faith. And yes, I do know it was the angel she was talking to, but the angel was speaking and telling her what the Lord had told him to share. It's okay to seek confirmation, but be sure where and who you're asking and seeking that confirmation from. Confirmation can come through his word. Confirmation can come through prayer. Confirmation can come from the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit can guide you and it will guide you with all truth. That's what John 16 tells us in th verse 13. The Spirit will either agitate, your, agitate you or agitate your conscience or if you're making a wrong decision. But if you're making a right decision, he may pacify you and encourage you and let you know that you're going in the right direction. So Mary got all these messages. She told the Lord, she told the angel of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And then she goes to her sister, her cousin's house. Is she seeking confirmation or is she confirming what she heard? Well, that sounds like it's the same thing, right? Well, if she had any bit of doubt, she followed up on what the angel had said. And maybe it was just for reassurance. She wanted to be reassured from what she heard from the angel. When you're going through some difficult times and you know God has a plan for your life, sometimes you need someone else to encourage you to keep walking it out. Now, you don't hear anywhere in this text where she told Elizabeth that she was pregnant. She didn't. So how does she know? Well, when Elizabeth heard Mary, that was when the baby that she was carrying left in her womb. But something else happened. The word said that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind, the comforter had not come yet, so it was an act of God that Elizabeth experienced that feeling that leapt in her, in her belly. Have you ever been so filled that God gave you some news and your spirit leapt? 
Some of y'all call them holy bumps. <laughs> you couldn't help but shout for joy. But it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth that she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth recognized that Mary's faith played an active role in receiving the promise. God's promises should never make you passive. They should prompt you to seize them by faith. Elizabeth wanted to encourage Mary's faith. And you know, when she saw her and she declared that she was able to see the mother of her Lord uh, come to her, Mary's faith was increased because there would be a fulfillment of the fulfillment of the things that she heard from the Lord. Elizabeth affirmed the angel of the Lord told her what she told her was true. There will be times, listeners, that the Lord will tell you things that on the surface, surface really make no sense at all and just seem impossible to believe. I've had many of them. You want someone to believe you, to understand, but you don't say anything. And things happen that confirm what God has been saying to you in the midnight hours, in the quiet of your storm, and you need something or someone to hold on to. And you have it. It's called the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, bearing witness to God's will and his plan. Don't lose your focus, listeners, over what God is telling you. After Mary's encounter with her cousin, after Elizabeth confirmed what the Holy Spirit had told her, you know what she did? She sang. She didn't wait till the battle was over. That's what we call it. <laughs> she didn't wait till the fulfillment. She sang because she believed what God had told her even before she saw it realized. She began, as we say today, she began to shout now. From the story of Jesus's conception, you can learn that God has a plan for you. You can also learn that Christmas isn't about buying presents and Christmas trees. Christmas is about new life. Don't lose your focus. God's plan for you may not look like what you thought it would look like. God used people, several people, to carry out his plan. And it went all the way back to the Old Testament and the prophets who foretold of Jesus' birth. And God keeps his promises. He, he tells us what he's going to do. And Jesus was going to come through the lineage of King David. And Joseph, Mary's soon-to-be husband, was a descendant of King David. But you didn't hear him referred to as a stepdad of Jesus. He was Jesus' earthly father. God will confirm his plan to you by his spirit, through his word, and sometimes through prayer, other people, things, or events. But be careful who you go to. Make sure it's the spirit that's driving you there. There's nothing impossible that is, part, that is a part of God's plan. See, if you don't lose your focus at Christmas, you can see God's plan realized in your life. Don't forget that favor comes from the Lord. You don't have to figure out how. You just have to trust by faith. Waiting on God is always the right thing to do, and it won't always be easy because faith comes by hearing. And Mary, Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Joseph all had to hear what the Lord had to say. God's plan may come with some sacrifice. God's plan for each of you, he has one. And it's when you focus on the right thing that you won't experience the sadness, the despair, the depression at Christmas time. Because you know why? It's because Christ is alive every day. 
Yes, he is. Operating in the lives and hearts of those who are open to him. Don't just talk about Christmas. Talk about Christ, the Christ in Christmas. So you don't have to be sad when Christmas ends. There is a presence living on the inside of you that will encourage you and let you know that Christmas is every day. Every day that God is giving you his gift, his son, his Holy Spirit. And this relationship is one that has no distance and doesn't wait for a special day of the year. It's a gift of promise. It's a gift of faith. And it's a gift of peace. So above all, listeners, don't lose your focus at Christmas. God bless you and Merry Christmas to each of you. I pray God's blessings over you. I pray that you open yourselves to the plan of God and to understand that our lives are not our own, that we have been bought with a price. And no matter where you are in your life, know that God loves you so much and he won't forsake you or leave you. You can trust his plan for you no matter what anyone says or does. Go to his word, get on your knees, pray about it. God will show you and he will show you great and marvelous things that you just don't even have any awareness of. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you. And be sure to see the sunrise, the S-O-N rise, to see Christ in your everyday life situations.